We meet today in Psalms chapter 52 to 55. Psalm 52 basically is talking of the Antichrist, the mighty man of mischief. But Psalm 52 begins actually a series of four Psalms, uh, this section, which gives a prophetic picture. We get nowhere else of the coming of the Antichrist, the man of sin, who will be a world dictator. And that person will dominate Israel during the tribulation period. Our Lord Jesus referred to him in the Olivet Discourse. The prophet Daniel and the apostle Paul both speak of him. These four Psalms are miscal or instruction Psalms. They give us deep spiritual truths concerning the future. This cluster of four Psalms gives us the account, the accurate instructions relative to this man of sin, the Antichrist, who is coming. Let me remind you that the inscription of the Psalm is inspired. That superscription is actually inspired. It is part of the Psalm itself. It was written to the chief musician, a contemplation of David, when Doeg the Idiomite went and told Saul and said to him, David was going to the house of Ahimelech. So the historical background of this psalm is found in First Samuel chapter 21, verse 22. In other words, here is a man who betrayed David. David was hurt and betrayed by many men who professed to be his friends. We will see one of them in this particular section. Boasting is a mark of the Antichrist, and we see that in Psalm 52, verse 1. Why do you boast in evil, almighty man? The goodness of God endures continually. Here is a man who is boasting of his sin. When David sinned, he kept quiet because he was under deep conviction. When the man of the world sins, he loves it and he boasts about it. And a mark of the Antichrist is that he will brag about his sin. This is the big difference between the child of God and the child of the devil. The child of God may sin just like the man in the world because they both have the old nature. The difference is that the man of God will not boast about sin. He will hang his head in shame. He will hate himself. He will not like himself. But the sinner brags about what he does. And the man of sin, the Antichrist, will be the epitome of that type of man. And all the sinners will love him for it. Psalm 52 verse 2. Your tongue devises destruction like a sharp razor working deceitfully. You see, God will tolerate the man of sin for a short period of time. For seven years, the Antichrist's tongue will devise mischief. But that won't go for long. Psalm 52 verse 3. You love evil more than good, lying rather than speaking righteousness. Sila. You have heard it said of some people that they would rather tell a lie even when it would have been easier to tell the truth, 
that will be true of the Antichrist. He will rather tell a lie. Remember, he is the father of lies. Psalm 52 verse 4. You love all devouring words, your deceitful tongue. You see, this psalm has given us two names for the man of sin. In verse 1, he is called mighty man. Now, in this verse, he is called a deceitful tongue. You deceitful tongue. You will not be able to believe a word that he says. This is another one of his characteristics. Psalm 52 verse 5. God shall likewise destroy you forever. He shall take you away and pluck you out of your dwelling place and uproot you from the land of the living. The word destroy here means to beat down. The Antichrist will be a world dictator whom no one can stop, no one except God. And when the Lord Jesus returns to the earth, he will beat down the man of sin. Psalm 52 verse 6. The righteous also shall see and fear and shall laugh at him saying. You see, when God brings the Antichrist into judgment, when he beats him down, and the one whom the peoples of the earth once feared will be laughed at, the Antichrist will be the laughing stock of the universe. That is good hope for any child of God, especially one who gets to, to be annoyed with what the evil one is doing in our world. Psalm 52 verse 7. Here is the man who did not make God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in his wickedness. Oh, he will be a very rich man, the Antichrist. He will be able to make it to the top at the beginning because he will be very rich. He makes his way to the top through his riches. In the midst of this, the child of God will be able to say, But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise you forever. Because you have done it, and in the presence of your saints, I will wait on your name, for it is good. Psalm 52 verse 8 to verse 9. That is the appropriate response. A child of God should give in the midst of those troubles. This brief psalm gives us a prophetic picture of the Antichrist and of the believing remnant who will suffer under his persecution. Then will worship and praise God when the many of sin, when the Antichrist is dethroned. That is the joy of the believer. Psalm 53 is actually talking now the foreshadowing of the Antichrist, the one who denies the existence of God. The superscription of Psalm 53 is to the chief musician set to Mahalath, a contemplation of David. Now, Mahalath has to do with the sickness and sorrow, and it corresponds to the mournful condition of the last days when Antichrist is the ruler. He, of course, will be an atheist. He will say there is no God. Psalm 53 is almost identical 
to Psalm 14 as far as the translation is concerned. But there is something very interesting about it. Psalm 53 begins, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable iniquity. There is no one who does good. Psalm 53 verse 1. The difference between Psalm 14 and Psalm 53 lies in the way the name of God is used. In Psalm 14, the name Jehovah is used 14 times. And the name Elohim is used three times. Psalm 53 uses the name Elohim seven times. That is significant. Elohim is God's name as creator. Now notice at what point atheism breaks through. It is relative to creation. The Bible, which is God's revelation, is denied and no longer considered trustworthy, infallible, and inerrant. The first chapters of Genesis are branded as folklore and myth, even by some men who claim to be believers. Evolution is adopted as the explanation for the origin of all things, the Antichrist will deny the existence of the Father and the Son. First John 2 verse 22 tells us the mark of the Antichrist, who is a liar, but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. You see, my friend, atheism is a characteristic of Antichrist. In the last days, the forces of atheism will be headed up in him. Of him, Paul wrote, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. We read this from Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. If you are going to come to God, you will have to come to him by faith, my friend. We read in Hebrews, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11 verse 6. This psalm actually ends with an expression of longing on the part of the believing remnant. Psalm 53 verse Six, All that the salvation of Israel would come out of Zion when God brings back the captivity of his people. Let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. How can anyone say that God is through with the nation of Israel after reading a verse like this one? When God brings back the captivity of his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. To deny that God has a future purpose and plan for Israel is to deny the inerrancy and inspiration of the word of God. Yet men who say that they are believers attempt to spiritualize this face. My friend, God is not through with the nation of Israel yet. Listen to this verse again. Oh, that the salvation of Israel would come out of Zion. When God brings back the captivity of his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. 
I think that even a child could understand what is being said here. That Zion means Zion. Jacob means Jacob. And Israel means Israel. And God means God. This verse means exactly what it says. And God will answer this prayer. He will again deal with Israel as a nation. Psalm 54 is a cry of faith in the time of the Antichrist. This marvelous little psalm is waged in here in the midst of all the troubles of the great tribulation so that we can hear the cry of faith on the part of the remnant of God's people and of a great company of Gentiles too. Now, observe that the historical background to this psalm is even indicated in the inscription to the chief musician with the stringed instruments, a contemplation of David, when Ziphites went and said to Saul, is David not hiding with us? Now, the Ziphites absolutely betrayed David. The record of their betrayal is found in First Samuel 23, when David learned that these people had told Saul where he was. He cried. Save me, O God, by your name, and vindicate me by your strength. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. Psalm 54, verse 1 and verse 2. David was betrayed, and we are told that in the great tribulation period, brother will betray brother. It will be a time again of awful betrayal. It was a godless crowd that betrayed David. During the tribulation period, the godless Antichrist will be in power and the Jewish remnant will suffer greatly under this man of sin. Psalm 54 verse 3 For strangers have risen up against me and oppressors have sought after my life. They have not set God before them. Selah. You see, David was in deep distress, as will be the remnant during the tribulation period in the future. This brief psalm actually concludes with an expression of confidence in the help of God. Listen to Psalm 54 verse 4 to verse 7. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. He will repay my enemies for their evils. Cut them off. In your truth, I will freely sacrifice to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me out of all troubles, and my eye has seen its desire upon my enemies. We know from the historical record that God did deliver David from the treacherous Zephites, and the faithful remnant can rest in the confidence that God will deliver them also. God will surely keep his promise. Psalm 55 talks of the darkest days under the Antichrist. You see, this psalm concludes also the little cluster of four prophetic psalms that picture the Antichrist. Notice that this is another mystical psalm, which is a psalm of instruction. It pictures what I believe to be the most darkest moment of the tribulation period. The Antichrist, the man of sin, is fully portrayed here in a remarkable way. This psalm 
is inscribed to the chief musician with the stringed instruments, a contemplation of David. We are not told the exact background of this psalm. Dr. McGee believes that the background to the psalm uh, is the time when David's own son Absalom led a rebellion against him. David was forced to leave Jerusalem. He found that many people were following his son, and he knew there would be trouble. In order that Jerusalem, his beloved city, would not be destroyed, he left it. He went back to the caves of the earth to hide. As David left his city, weeping, word was brought to him that Ahithophel, a member of his cabinet and close friend, had gone over to Absalom's side. He had betrayed David. We are told in Second Samuel 15, verse 30 to 31, So David went up by the ascent of the Mount of Olives. And he wept as he went up, and had his head covered, and went barefoot. And all the people who were with him covered their heads and went up weeping as they went up. Then someone told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. That is exactly what God did. He turned the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Keep these things in your mind as we will hit the high points of this psalm. That is what is happening, the historical background. Psalm 55, verse 1 to verse 2. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and hear me. I am restless in my complaint and mourn noisily. You see, David is like the squeaking wheel that gets the grease. He says, I am making a noise to you, Lord. I am crying out to you because I am in a desperate situation. I have been betrayed by my friend. Psalm 55 verse 3 and verse 4. Because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they bring down trouble upon me, and in wrath they hurt me. My heart is severely pained within me, and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. David did not know that he would be slain at that time, especially when those who had been so close to him had deserted him. Psalm 55 verse 6, So I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. At first, David was advised to fly away to his mountain, but he would not do it then. But now, all seems lost. Even Ahithophel, his trusted advisor, has betrayed him. Does that remind you of something? Well, it reminds me of Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus Christ. Also, it foreshadows the time when the nation of Israel will be betrayed by the Antichrist. Psalm 55, verse 13 and 14. But it was you, a man may equal my companion and my acquaintances. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throng. 
Now one expects reproach and even attack from his enemy. But how heartbreaking it is to suffer evil at the hands of a close associate, an intimate acquaintance, a Christian brother. Though the writer expresses indignation against all of his enemies, he turns to God for safety. And that is the counsel that comes to you and me, my friend. We turn to God for safety. And in God we find not only safety but even solace. Jesus experienced the same hurt and dismay and bitterness, suffering at the hands of his trusted friend, Judas Iscariot. What David says next is actually an imprecatory prayer. I grant you, but listen to him. Let death seize them. Let them go down alive into hell, for wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. Psalm 55 verse 15. When he says, let them go down alive into hell, that is literally saying, let them go alive down to Sheol. That is an awful thing to say. And David almost say that relative to Ahithophel, in contrast to him, our Lord Jesus Christ prayed for those who despitefully used him and instructed us to do likewise. Psalm 55, verse 16 to verse 17 says, As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. My friend, one good thing your enemy will do for you is to cause you to pray more than you have ever prayed before. This is what we are seeing, David. Now notice, this picture of Antichrist, again he is a liar. Remember that the Lord Jesus said that the devil was a liar from the beginning in John 8 verse 14. And the Antichrist is right out of the pit of hell. He lies. Psalm 55 verse 21 says, The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they drown as swords. Ahithophel, pretending to be a friend to David, was plotting against him. He was a little manifestation of the Antichrist. Psalm 55 verse 22 says, Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Romans chapter 12 verse 19 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. The Lord does a better job, my friend, in dealing with my enemies than I can. He knows just how to do it. So cast your burden upon the Lord, and he will take care of everything. During the great days of tribulation, Israel will finally turn to the Lord because there will be no place, no place elsewhere for them to turn. Psalm 55 verse 23, but you, O God, shall bring them down to the pit of destruction, blood, thirst, and deceitful men shall not live out half their days, 
but I will trust in you. Yes, what about you today? What about me? How are we going to live in the world today? Are we going to hurt people and criticize them for what they do to us? Are we going to cry when we are betrayed and wronged? No. Let's start trusting in the Lord. That is the way out. Even when your best friends have betrayed you, trust in the Lord. So you would say that this psalm actually calls our attention to fix our eyes on the Lord rather than on our friends or even those who may betray us. He is our resource. He is our recourse. Tend to him in your time of need. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code two seven followed by 7264144475 from within south africa it's 0726414475